We're so excited to have uh, Tim Johnson here and Mary Beth on staff with us. So uh, excited to see what God is going to do uh, with his time here with us and his ministry. And so uh, I didn't think I was going to get to be here today, but surprise, um, I am here. And so uh, Pastor Mercer, is, as Pastor Rick shared, uh, he, is, uh, he is sick. And so uh, I'm the East Campus pastor, going to bring God's word to you today. And so, um, so we're going to jump in here and uh, just kind of want to let you know what we're going to be doing uh, we are in a series called Face to Face with God, and we have been studying through the book of Psalms, and we've been asking everybody, challenging everybody to read along with us. And so last week we had a powerful message by Dr. Paul and the Groot, and so we took a little bit of a break, and so we have two weeks worth of Psalms, and so I'm going to preach in one of those two weeks, and so I'm going to preach this morning in Psalms chapter 27, and so if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Psalm chapter 27, and while you're turning there, I want to let you know a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. This Psalm is a Psalm where David makes this proclamation of trust and confidence in God. And so what we're going to see here is this this incredible display of trust that David has in God. Now, I want to ask you this. I want you to consider this. I want to ask you if you trust God. I want you to think about that. Do you, do you trust God? And I think probably the initial response is you're like, of course I trust God. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I trust God. But do you really, really trust God with all of your heart? With every area and every aspect of your life, do you trust God? I think we put our trust in a lot of different things in this world. I mean, we put our trust in, in, in vehicles every day. We put our trust in people. Uh, we put our trust in a lot of different things in this world. I was thinking about a couple uh, years ago, I wanted to go on this thrill ride called the Skyscraper. And I got a picture for you of what it looks like. This is a skyscraper. And so well, I think we have one of these around here somewhere. But this is a skyscraper, and I wanted to go on it. And this ride is so cool because it spins around and does this crazy spinning. And then the cage in it also, it, it also spins. So it's kind of like doubly spinning. I don't even know that's a word. But double, it kind of like double spins. And so it's really neat. And so I went to my friend, and I told him, I said, hey, you got to ride this with me. And he was like, no. I do not like any type of thrill rides or any roller coasters. I was like, but this is different. You know, this is a little bit different here. I told him, I said, you might enjoy it. You know, some people, they don't like roller coasters, and then they ride them, and then they just love them. So he's like, oh, okay, okay. And so we get in this thing, we get strapped up. And uh, we get it, and it starts going, and it starts spinning around and around. And then... It stops and it starts spinning backwards, okay? So it's like spinning frontwards and forwards and the cage is twisting. And my friend is just in these straps, just completely terrified. I mean, he's just like, you know, I'm looking over at him. But then I noticed something very strange. As we were riding in this ride, every time we would go around, the guy that was uh, working the ride would lean out and just look at us with like just a lot of question in his face. And I was like, what is he doing? And then we would come back around and he would like look at us. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? And then finally the ride stops and, uh, we, and we get out. We, we get out and he turns to my friend and he says, he goes, I thought you were going to come out of the straps. 
And I look at my, me and my friend look at each other and we're like, did he just say that? We're like, you probably shouldn't say something like that. But listen, we put our trust in these straps and in this mechanical machine that was just spinning us around and around. And so there's this idea of trusting in something or being confident in something. And so oftentimes we put our trust and our confidence in the things of this world. But do we put our trust and our confidence in God? And so we're going to see this incredibly powerful display of confidence in Psalms chapter 27. So turn to me, Psalm 27, it says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life, and whom shall I dread? I want to point out a couple things in verse 1, because he just starts off strong with this declaration of just who God is in his life. He says, he says Lord, you are my light. What does that mean that you are my light, God? Well, darkness is the unknown. Okay? A lot of people fear darkness. Darkness kind of represents the unknown in our lives. I was putting my little three-year-old to bed last night, and we were sitting there in a pitch-dark room, and he turns to me and says, Daddy, can you turn on the nightlight because I can't go to sleep without the nightlight. And so I'm like, okay. So I, I hit the button, and then the light illuminates the room, right? That's what it does. And so what he's saying here is, God, although there is darkness in this world, you illuminate the darkness in my life. Your light shines bright in my life. And so that way when there's, when there's darkness in this world, your light shines and I can look around and I can, I can know where I'm going because, God, I am trusting in you. He says, so he says, you are my light. And then he says, you are my salvation. You are my salvation. You are the one that rescues me. And, and you and I can know that he is our salvation because we know what Jesus has done for us on the cross, how Jesus died and he conquered death and he rescued you and me. And so he says, you're my light and you're my salvation. He's saying if you realize that he is your light who illuminates the darkness in your life and you realize that he is your salvation, he says, whom shall I fear? When you realize that's who God is in your life, and you should say, what, what is it that can come against me in my life that I fear? When you realize who God is in your life. So he said, it doesn't matter what comes up against me. It doesn't matter what it is because what shall I fear because this is who God is in my life. And he says, the Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? The Lord is the defense. Your version might say stronghold. The Lord is your defense. He is your stronghold. It, it's kind of like how if you look at David's life and how David faced Goliath. Many of you know the story how he's standing before a giant. And the giant has all of these weapons. And David is standing there with a sling and a couple rocks. And what does David say to him? David says, you might come at me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. And so what David is saying here, he's God is your defense, he is your stronghold, you can trust in him because he, you know that he goes before you. And so you know whatever direction you go in life, no matter how difficult it is, you can know that the Lord is your defense, he is your stronghold that goes before you. And so David makes this powerful declaration of who God is in his life. Now I want you to look, uh, and I want to continue on in verses 2 through 3. 
And he shows us in these verses that no matter what we come up against, we can trust and have confidence in him. Look what he says. He says, when evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. And the war rise against me in spite of all of this. I shall be confident. He says, he says three things here. The first thing, he, he likens his enemies, and they're depicted here as like a wild beast that wants to devour him. And so he says, these enemies come against me, but they stumble and they fall. So he says, this is, this is how it is sometimes when these enemies come against me, but they're going to stumble and they're going to fall. And then he says, though a host encamp against me. He's talking like an enemy military encampment coming around him. He says, my heart will not fear. Though war rise against me. He says, in spite of that, I shall be confident. Or he says, in spite of that, I shall be confident. So what he's saying here, he says, even though it's an all-out war against me, I'm going to be confident. And so what we can learn from this is and sometimes in our lives, there are things that come up in our lives where there are struggles, where there are pain, where there are afflictions, where we go through things and we're suffering through things and we have all of these hardships in our lives. But we can know what he's saying here is no matter how bad it gets, no matter how dire of a situation, no matter how hard it is, if you feel like the world is crashing around you, you feel like it's all out war raged against you, you can be confident in spite of that. You can trust in God in spite of all those things happening in your life. And so there's this powerful thing that we're learning here. And he's saying that no matter how bad it gets, you can trust in God. What's so powerful about this is not only do we read this, but we can also look back at David's life and we can see this. You think about when a bear and a lion came up on him and a wild beast that wanted to devour his flesh. And what did he do? He took them down. Right? He didn't, he didn't run away. He took him down. You think about when Goliath and the Philistine army were encamped around him and they were taunting God and he didn't back down. He said, listen, God is my defense in him who I trust. And so he stood there and didn't back down. We can see here how an all-out war against him. We can see how David at one point in his life where Saul was pursuing him, wanted to take his life, wanted to kill him, was hunting him down. And David was going from cave to cave and it was an all-out war upon his life. And in spite of that, David remained confident in God. In spite of all of these things that can happen in our lives, we can be confident in him. I think that's not the typical reaction for us. The typical reaction for us is to just be paralyzed by fear, to run away, to blame God, to just ask questions, say, why God? But not David. David put his trust in God. I remember when I was younger, we lived in Colorado, and I was a, I was a baby. I was, well, we were born there, and then I was there for a couple years. And I remember when I was very young, we were playing in our backyard. There was a boulder. We were playing around. All of a sudden, we heard a roar of a mountain lion, and we got out of there. I mean, it was just like we heard it, and fear came into us. We ran to our house. And I think a lot of times when fear comes, and that was a pretty good response. But that's probably what we should have done. But when fear comes into our lives, a lot of times, man, we just run. We hide. We're just paralyzed by it. But what we need to realize 
is that no matter how difficult, no matter how hard of a situation that comes in your life, you can have confidence and trust in God. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I want to be more... I want to be more of a man like David who has confidence in God. I want this trust. I want to be fearless like David. I would say probably there's many of us in this room, you're like, yeah. I mean, that's what I want to be like. I, I, I want to have that trust in God. How do I have that? Where, do I, where does that come from? Well, we can look and see this in verses 4 through 6 that really show us uh, where this confidence comes from. Look what it says. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And so what we can see here is we can look at David and we can see that he, he had a desire to dwell in the presence of God. He says, one thing I ask, one thing I seek, God, is that I may dwell in your house all the days of my life. You see, David had a desire to be in the presence of God. He wanted to spend time with God. He wanted to, he says, behold the beauty of God, to meditate on God. And so I ask you today, if you're like, if you say, I have a hard time trusting God, I have a hard time in situations trusting God, I would ask you, are you spending time in his presence? I would ask you to look at your life and say, are you someone who's saying, I want to dwell in your house, God. I want to meditate on you. I want to be in your word, God. I want to be, I want to be praying. I want to spend time with you. I want to dwell in your presence all the days of my life. I want to seek after you, God. And so I would ask you to examine your life, to, to be like this David who, who says, listen, I want to dwell in your house, God. I want to be in your presence. And it's so important because of this next part, because it says in verse 5, For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me and he will lift me up on a rock. You know why it's so important for us to, to be in his presence? is because it says in the day of trouble. Let's just, let's just take, a, take a few moments to just reflect on this. Some of you in this room, the day of trouble is happening right now in your life. There might be somebody in this room and right now that you are, you are hurting, you are in pain, you are in affliction. The day of the trouble for you might be here and it might be now. And you just feel like there's just no escape and you're questioning why God and you don't understand. And so for you, the day of trouble might be happening in this very moment, in this very day, in this week, in this month. So it's so important for us to be in his presence because the day of trouble, if it's not happening right now, the day of trouble will come. Because if you're not having a day of trouble now, later on, a week, month, whatever, later on, there will be a day of trouble. Many of you know people that are suffering. Probably all of us in this room know people that are hurting, that just feel like life is just an all-out war waging against them. 
And so we can see why it's so important for us to be someone who dwells in the house of the Lord. So important for us to spend time in the presence of God so that when the day when the day comes, when the day of trouble comes, when you go through moments in life that it just knocks you down and you're just going through pain and you're hurting, that you can say this to God, you can say, God, you conceal me in your tabernacle. You hide me in your secret place. You lift me up on a rock. So important to be in his presence. Maybe there's someone in this room and you've put your trust in others. You've put your trust in relationships, friends, family members, and you've been hurt. You've been let down, you've been abandoned, you've been forsaken. Right, many people can go to a point where maybe, maybe the, just someone let them down and you say, man, you had my confidence, you had my trust, why would you do that to me? You see, here's the thing, fallible human beings will let us down. People will hurt us. So if you put your trust in other people, then you're going to get hurt. And so many people have been hurt time and time again because they put their trust in other people. And look what verse 9 says. It says this, 9 through 10, it says, Do not hide your face from me, and do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, you know, there are people in our lives that are going to abandon us and forsake us. He's saying, even my own mother and my father have forsaken me. And so a lot of us, sometimes we feel forsaken, we feel abandoned, but not our God. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so what we can know is we can have confidence and we can put our trust in him knowing that he is a God who will always be near us, knowing that he is a God that we can spend time in his presence. And so what I would encourage you today is if you just feel abandoned, if you just feel heartbroken, realize that your God, your Father, Heavenly Father has not forsaken you, but that he will take you up. It reminds me of Proverbs, one of the most famous Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 6. Many of you know this verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You see, it tells us to trust in the Lord, trust in him with all of our heart. Not just a little aspect of our life, not just a little bit here or there, but with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. A lot of times we're just like, why, God? I don't understand this. What's your plan here? I don't get this, God. And maybe you cry out to God, I don't understand why I'm in this situation. I've been there before. I've been in a situation in my life where I've just been like, I don't understand this, God. We can say, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. It says, lean not on, on your own understanding. In your ways, acknowledge him. So there's that presence again. Acknowledge him and his beauty and who he is. It says, and he will make your paths straight. So what about us? What about our lives? Do we have trust? I ask this question, do we trust God? But do we, do we really trust God with all and every area of our life? 
Are you trusting God with your whole heart, every aspect of your life? Are you trusting God in your finances, in your marriage, in your future? Are you trusting God in your relationships? Are you depending and is your confidence fully in God? I think that we want to be there. I think that, that we, I think that all of us would say, yes, I want it to be like that, but we struggle. If we're real, we struggle. It reminds me of a story of this guy who was this famous tightrope walker who stretched a tightrope from one side of Niagara Falls to another side. And he would go and he would walk across this tightrope back and forth. And people would just, just watch in amazement. It would gather a big crowd. And so one day he decided he was going to push a wheelbarrow across this, uh, across this big uh, gap. And so he pushed it across the tightrope at Niagara Falls and he pushed it back and forth. And people were in amazement and people cheered and people loved it. And people were like, yes, yes. And then he turns to the crowd and he says, who here believes that I can push somebody across in this wheelbarrow on the, to the other side and back? And everybody was started cheering. Everybody's like, we believe it. Yes, we know you can do it. We trust, we, we believe it. Do it. Yes, yes. And then he said, okay, I need a volunteer. And the crowd went silent. And I was thinking about that story and, and how this kind of relates because I, I think oftentimes we can be like, God, yes, I trust you. Yes, I believe in you, but not this area. God, I know that you've done incredible things in my life. I've seen it. I know, but maybe just not. I'm just going to keep this one. This one I'm just not going to trust you with, God. I'm going to lean on my own self. I'm going to trust in that person over there. And so I think oftentimes when we're, when we're talking about this, I think that we can have, we can struggle with this. We can have a hard time. But what we have to do is we have to say, God, I'm going to trust you with all of my heart, with all of my life, with everything that I have. I am dependent and I am trusting in you, God. This last verse in verse 14, uh, this verse was a, a really encouragement to me. Here's what it says. Look at this. Psalm 27, verse 14, it says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Are, are we good at waiting? Uh, not too good. Sometimes we're not so, I mean, in this day and age, we have instant everything. I mean, if you want a movie, download it from Netflix. You don't have to go to the Blockbuster anymore, whatever that is. You don't have to go there to get a movie anymore. I mean, you just get it, you want it, there it is. I, I know that we, when we came here a couple months ago, I, I, uh, I got, you know, I have two little boys. I got a one and a half and, and three and a half, something like that. And, uh, and anyways, they, uh, we had to take them to Disney, of course. So we had to go to Disney. And I hadn't been to Disney in a long time. And, and when I went to Disney, I didn't, I didn't go see the characters. And so I don't know why I imagined in my head that when I got to Disney World, the characters would just be freely roaming everywhere and you could just go up and take selfies with them and you could just go around them and see them and, you know, just hang out with the characters. And now that I think about it, that would be kind of chaotic and I understand why they do what they do. But so me and my family, we show up, you know, we're walking around Magic Kingdom and the first ones we see is Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. And so we see them and my boys are just so excited and they're like, you know, I'm like, hey, there's Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. And we're like, oh, well, that's so cool. Let's go over there and see them. They're just so excited. And so we're like, okay, how do we get to them? So we're like looking around. Okay, we got to go over there. And you, 
a 40-minute wait to see a Winnie the Pooh? I'm like, that is a, why would I want to do a 40-minute wait to see a Winnie the Pooh and Tigger? I'm like, that is just, I'm like, there's no way we're going to wait 40 minutes for a Winnie the Pooh. But we waited. We waited. We waited. That, you know, we had to do it. So, and then, you know, then I discovered the fast passes. And then it's like, what, what, what was I doing with my life waiting in these lines? And so now it's like, you know, fast passes, go and go to Disney for a couple of hours and use the fast passes and go home because I don't want to wait in those lines, you know. And so, so here's the thing is, is it is so difficult for us to wait sometimes. Listen, when, we, when he's explaining these situations of all of these things coming around us, I mean, when, when there is an enemy devouring your flesh, when there is a military encampment surrounding you, and when there is an all-out war waging around you, it's, it's pretty hard to wait. It's so difficult for us to wait. But what he says here, he tells us, he, just, he says, just wait. Sometimes we just got to stop and just wait on God. We try to fix everything ourselves We try to depend on other people. We try to trust other people. We try to rely on others. But sometimes we just need to stop and say, God, you got this, God. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to sit here, God. I know that you've got this. I know this is difficult, but I'm waiting, God. And he says this. He says, be strong. He says, be strong and let your heart take courage. Does that sound familiar? Be strong and courageous. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? Where does that come from? We know that Joshua, as he was leading the Israelites into the promised land, he was leading them there. For, for a while, you know, they had, been, they had been waiting to get into the promised land. And, and we know that, you know, they didn't do a good job waiting. But finally, they were going to, the, they were going to get to go into the promised land. And so they were going to pass through the Jordan River. And they were going to get to go and experience the promised land. The promised land was right on the other side. And they were going to get to experience it. And he says this, he says, be strong and be courageous. And the same words are used for you and me. So why we are waiting, it's hard, it's difficult. It's like, why, God? I don't understand why I'm in this situation and this war just feels like it's coming around me. I don't understand this. I don't get this. And what you can say is while you're in your waiting, be strong and courageous. Know who your God is. Know what he has done in your life and wait on the Lord. And so then you can look through this song and while you're waiting, you can say, God, you are the light in my life. You're the one who illuminates the darkness when it surrounds me. You're the salvation. God, you're my defense and my stronghold in my life. God, you are the one who conceals me and hides me and lifts me up, God. You're the one who does not forsake me, God. You're the one who gives me strength, Lord. And you're the one who makes me courageous. And so in your waiting, no matter what situation you are in, be strong and courageous and realize that your God goes before you and realize that you can have an incredible, fearless trust in God just like David did. And so I want to encourage you today. Maybe there's someone in here and you're just struggling. And you're hurting. And you're in pain. Wait on the Lord. Trust in him. Be confident in who he is and what he says he'll do in your life. I guarantee you that we could probably have testimony after testimony 
of people come up here and stand up here and share how they can look back in their life and say, this is what God did. I didn't understand it, and I questioned it, and I was like, I don't get this, God. Why am I in this situation? But they can look back and they can say, wow, God, wow, I can behold your beauty. I know in my own life, my own personal testimony, I can do that. I can look and I can say, wow, God, I didn't get that during that time, but I get it now, God, and I'm trusting you, God, and I am relying on you. And so if you're in here today and you're just, you're in the day of trouble and you're struggling and you are hurting now, take some time today to say, God, this is yours. I want to have this confidence that David did. I want to have this trust in you, God. I want to rely on you, God. I'm going to wait on you, God. I believe this is what you can do in my life. Maybe there's someone in here and you've, been, you've put your trust in others and they have hurt you. They've abandoned you. They've forsaken you. I want you to encourage you to go to God today and say, God, I know that you're my heavenly Father who will never leave me nor forsake me. Maybe there's someone in there today where you just feel distant from God. You just seem far away from God, and it's hard to trust God because it just seems so far away. And so I'd encourage you to say, God, I long to be in your presence. Go to him today, and God, I want to I dwell in your house all the days of my life. Maybe there's somebody in this room, and you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ. We talk about this salvation. We talk about what he's done for you on the cross, and you've never put your trust in Jesus. Listen, this, this life is so difficult, and there are so many things, and there's so much darkness in this world, but Jesus is the light of the world, and Jesus laid his life down on the cross so that you can have salvation. So if there's someone in here today, and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, let the day be the day that you turn your life and your heart over to him. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you today. Lord, we thank you for these words. God, we thank you that we can have this confidence and trust in you. Lord, I pray for people in this room. Lord, if there's someone in this room, God, I know there's people in this room, Lord, that are just, God, they're in that situation right now, Lord, where they just feel like it's an all-out war waged against them, Lord, and they are just... They're just hurting. They're asking why, God. I pray that you will give them strength, God, that you will give them courage today, that they can stand boldly in you and say, Lord, no matter what I face, despite it all, I'm confident in you. God, I pray for someone in this room, Lord, that doesn't know you, God. I pray that they will realize these words, Lord. God, as they realize these words and what you've done from God, I pray that they would not leave today without turning their life over to you, God. God, I pray that as we go out into this world, and as people see us going through things, Lord, and when the day of trouble comes, Lord, as people see us, I pray, God, when they see us, they will see people who are confident in you who are trusting in you, and people will say, why are they like that? Because we serve you, God. Thanks for listening. You can find more sermons and other information at crosslifechurch.com.